Certains hommes s'en sont allés, Apollo, vers la lune chercher l'été. Apollo, ils ont défié le cosmos. Apollo, ils ont chanté sans écho. Apollo. Hello everyone and welcome uh, to a new episode of uh, Thinking Aloud about cinema. Uh, we are continuing with movies series of restored uh, classics. And today we will be looking at uh, uh, Med Ondo's Au Soleil, yeah? Uh, so, Richard, your views? It, it's, it's a really interesting film. It's about the experience of um, immigrants from Africa moving to Paris. Um, so in some ways it covers similar grounds to Ali in Wonderland that we talked about a few months ago and, and Mandabi that we, we talked about similarly. It's a collage of different things, different styles and techniques. So there's, there's sort of, you know, musical numbers there's documentary style footage there's drama there's animation um and it, it all kind of builds together to, into this sort of polemic really about the experience of immigrants from former french colonies and the attitudes towards them in france so yeah i thought it was really interesting well let me play devil's advocate then because i wasn't that impressed with it mm -hmm. and i wondered if the fault was mine yeah that you know, because you can imagine how this film in 1970 would have both caught a certain zeitgeist of, mm. you know, black power, black activism, um, you know, as the era of, like, Shaft and, and Funk and, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X have just been assassinated and mm. so on. So it's definitely part of that. I think in the arts, it's also part of a kind of um, experimentation, agit prop cinema, you know, that we also saw in Ali in Wonderland. Yeah, it resembles that mm. kind of very much. Uh, my other reservation is that it just felt, I've seen it all before, right? It's not saying anything new. It, it didn't grab me. So, you know, it felt like a series, it felt very episodic, uh, cobbled together, which maybe it was, um, it definitely has an analysis and, you know, a view. So we get like, you know, a fantastic illustration of, uh, you know, colonialism, right? The very first uh, episode we see is people giving up their language, saying, I am mm. so-and-so, you know, and I speak this language, and there are dozens of languages. And then, you know, they give up their language and are given a new name. They don't even choose a new name. They're given a new name by the priest, right? So all of that is conceptually powerful, yeah, but I didn't find it visually powerful or dramatically powerful or orally powerful, mm. right? So it's like, you know, yeah, the concept is, you know, interesting one. And the film does weave in, you know, folklore and little, uh, um, I don't know what to call them because they're not like, even little plays or anything, but like posturing, like, you know, Marcel Marceau. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it nonetheless is symbolic and kind of powerful. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so I'm not saying that it's without value, but, but I, you know, I mean, I was reading 
um, what movie published on it by something that isn't signed by an individual, mm. but is signed by the Celluloid Liberation Front. Uh, and it calls it, you know, one of, most, one of the most dazzling debuts in the history of cinema, uh, a work of erudite formalism, uh, an incendiary refinement, uh, never didactic. Now, I disagree with all of that. Right? It's, like, but it's definitely didactic. It's um. definitely didactic, right? <laughs> You know, uh, how, it's definitely, it has a formalist dimension, but how it's eruditely or how it's formalist in an erudite manner, I mean, I don't particularly mm. kind of get that. And, you know, I don't think it's refined. I mean, I think it's very vocal and powerful and in your face, right? You know, so by refinement, it, he, I'm not sure what it means by refinement there, actually. Uh, so now... The article characterizes it as flamboyant, which it is, anti-clerical, which it is, modernist, which it is, anti-clerical, which it is. It deploys folklore, absolutely, and it's experimental, for sure, mm. right? So I think all of those things characterize it really well, right? Now, you know, the question is, how successful is it? And I think it is successful up to a point, Right. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it. I found it interesting to see. Um, I had thoughts also, you know, because it occurs to me that a lot of these films that we've been seeing through Mubi actually come from France. Right. Where are the British films yeah, that speak to a colonial experience? Right. Mm. We don't see them. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So actually, there must be something about France that enabled or permitted or encouraged, uh, you know, this it's, type of work. It is interesting, actually, isn't it? Because that's, uh, yes, yeah, so Mandarby and Ali in Wonderland and, and this one are all about the experience of immigration in, in France. The, the, at that point in the UK, um, a lot of the experience was about, um, you know, second generation of, you know, children of people who'd come over to, in, the, in the Windrush generation. So it was a, the, the, the UK experience was perhaps at that point different from the French experience. Or France was more open to, yeah. you know, to... It was, well, certainly the French film industry is more open to experimental film than the UK film industry was at that yes. point. So, yeah. And to actually prop and difference and so on. Mm. I mean, I'm raising it as a question. I actually don't know the answer. No, but no. I do think it's telling, yeah? Because a lot of the... I mean, I think uh, Med Hondo only arrived in France in the 50s as well, so it'd be no different yeah, than the, yeah. the Windrush uh, generation. Anyway, something to consider. Um, I thought some aspects of the film, like when um, it involved characters who were required to act, it felt very stiff and false. Mm. Uh, so I think those things weren't, weren't handled very well. Um, you actually don't get much of a sense of the protagonist's inner life, except in his struggles against racism, mm. which I think is is a is a problem. Um, yeah, because you don't learn. I mean, all you really know about him is he's come to France. He's, he's an educated guy. He's a professional guy. He wants because he's, he's trying to find a job as an accountant, uh, but you don't find anything out about his circumstances you know his, what, what family he has back back in in, in his, his home country um he, the the other 
thing here, actually, as with Alley in Wonderland, is you only see the experience of black of male immigrants. There are no, I don't think there are any any women represented. I mean, there are the white women that they interact with. Yeah, you see um, the occasional black woman at a bar with the gang yeah. of men or something, and yeah. there is that black woman who screams at the man in that in that village mm. street scene. Yeah, but they're very, yeah. very, very peripheral. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the reason why I'm mentioning this, and I, I don't know who the actor is. I suspect it's uh, Robert Liensol, uh, mm. but it's, it's difficult to tell from the credit listings on Wikipedia. Um, the thing is, he's very charismatic. I thought he was mm. very charismatic, very handsome, you know, very handsome in this ordinary way. You know, and with a very expressive face. So this is really yeah. the problem is not a problem of the actor. It's a problem of the director and the, the screenwriter. That all, what you get is just a series of episodes, sometimes quite experimental or dreamlike or symbolic, right? About the different facets of racism. Yeah, and that's essentially what he's trying to too. I mean, he, yeah, there, there isn't a, uh, I mean, you know, there's a vague plot that this is about a guy coming to France and trying to find a job and find somewhere to live. But really, it's just showing um, the reactions to him and to various aspects of what he's doing by, 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 by various people. And, and you know, some of that works better than others. He encounters, you know, casual racism, you know, people that just won't give him a job, won't even talk to him, people that won't give him somewhere to live. Um, then he meets, you know, outwardly sympathetic white people, but they are also kind of, you know, these sort of patronising liberals who are really not, still not any more helpful. Um, then there's a sequence where there are the two, these two white women who are just talking about, hey, have you ever slept with black wow. man? And, and they, one of them goes out to... Um, and, and, and uh, you know, hooks up with him. There's this, there's this, I, I really like the sequence where, it, and it seems to be documentary style, where they're, they're just embracing in the street and the camera is some way away and he's just filming the reactions of, of ordinary people. I like that very much. Just as as, well. And you sort of, in a way, you think, well, perhaps it's slightly unfair to catch these people unawares and show them in the film, but no, actually, it's completely fair enough because they're basically yeah. you know, showing yeah. these racists being racist. Yes. And, it, and it's just, a, you know, people of all walks of life are just kind of walking past and just sort of staring and mm. there's one woman who stares and just keeps coming back. back over and over again just to have a look at these two kissing and i, I think see you know sequences like that really work and, and to me it, it sort of worked as a film because it was yeah that, that was just exposing you to these different facets of the experience i mean yes some of it worked better than others it was but i was reading up on it, it was but it was you know filmed over the course of four years apparently so presumably with the one lead actor and then whoever else was hanging around. And it was so self-announced also, I understand. Yeah, so, you know, there, yeah, you know, yes, there are limitations to the filmmaking and limitations to the to the acting. Um, but uh, I, I think it was interesting. And I, and I really, really enjoyed that, that, that opening kind of experimental sequence where it's, you know, it's sort of 15 minutes, really, of just a the story of French colonialism told as a kind of almost like a pantomime you know you start off with that baptism where they all apologize for speaking their own language mm -hmm. and get their language and they get their name taken away and then they become so they, they're taken off to this house and fight it 
transform into soldiers and fight each other and mummies thrown at them and so on I, I, and, and then it cuts to the documentary style thing so i, I might have I don't know. I can't think I probably enjoyed that first 15 minutes more than the rest of the film, and perhaps mm. more of that would have been nice. But, uh, yeah. but I, I, I did like the way it was just experimenting with all these different styles and the songs and the, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I liked all of that as well. I don't want to be mean about it, uh, <laughs> you know, because I did I did enjoy it. Uh, I just think if you're looking at the film as a work of art, I do think it falls short. And I think the basic reason why I think it falls short is because it lacks complexity. Yeah, mm. it, it almost feels like a series of positions or a series of slogans that are actually quite banal, yes? So yes, colonialism is bad. Uh, yes, you know, imperial forces got black people to fight one against the other. Yes, kind of, you know, racism exists in France and immigrants get the lowest paid jobs and they're paid less than Frenchmen. It's true, right? I mean, none of that is a surprise or a revelation or anything. Um, you know, the, the the end with all the posters of Malcolm X and Che Guevara mm. and, you know, a scream and a call for revolution. I thought it was kind of cliched. Mm. Um, mm. So, and I really hated the scenes with, um, you know, the white women, yeah, kind of talking about, you know, have you ever slept with a black man? I thought the fact that once she does, you know, she's disappointed is a good joke, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, it all made me feel a bit queasy. And again, I want to um, frame that within my own subject position. Maybe like a young black man, you know, watching this film would experience it as a revelation in a way that I don't, right? Yeah, I'm you know, if you, I guess there's a couple of things, I mean, just in general about the points you're making. You know, yes, these these are positions that are being presented by the film are not a surprise, but how many films were saying this in in the late late 60s? I, I, I don't know. Well, that's, how many films that's, in France, that's yeah, how many definitely... Films in France saying it in the late 60s? And so I think viewing it, viewing it today when it's like, yeah, we know, we know, we know all this, but presenting it at the time and saying, look, here's, here's all these different facets of racism um would probably have been more enlightening um and also presumably things like the sequence with the white women you know was were and, and you know, ver ver his various other, other encounters with people of varying diff you know political complexions who were none of whom are helpful Pre you assume that was informed by his his own experience or his friend's experience it was also um, in so. the air i mean you know franz fanon had already written was it white skin, black mask, or black skin, mm. white mask. James Baldwin's work had already come yeah, out. Yeah. I don't want to take away from the film. I'd like people to see it. Mm, yeah. Mm. And I did enjoy watching it. I just, you know, one of the most stunning debuts in the history of cinema. I don't think so. I, I don't think it's a work of art. I think it lacks, it lacks subtlety. It lacks a kind of a compassion or understanding. Even of the other black people, you know, within the film. They're all just subject positions. You know, mm. they're all just there to illustrate a point. You never get a sense of, of feeling and of complexity of feeling, of what that experience, you know, of, of subalternity is. Um, and that, I think, to me, is a, is a lack in the film. 
Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it more than you did. I, I, I think, you, as, as you say, you know, it's, it's a film that's worth seeing. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not one of the most stunning cinema debuts in film history. It's, I, I preferred it to, I think it's better than Ali in Wonderland as a, as a film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they're both available on movies, so if, <laughs> people can, can watch and compare if they, if they like. Mm. Again, I would disagree with you there. Mm. You know, because I think Ali was more interestingly formalist, yeah, mm. kind of. Uh, and also with Ali, you get a sense of people's real conditions of existence. Yeah, I remember those barracks and the barrenness and the way they mm. were furnished. So it's almost like audiovisually, the film made you feel that poverty mm. and that lack. Yeah, in a way that this film only does verbally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say we can't find a job, but they're always in cafes, always well dressed, yeah, etc., etc. Anyway, we both encourage uh, you to see the film. Uh, it's available on Mubi. Uh, it's one of a wonderful series of films uh, that's being restored through various sources, mainly through Bologna, but also through the Martin Scorsese Fund. This one is through the George Lucas Fund. And it's really great that they're restoring uh, these films. Uh, whether you know I personally liked it or not, they are important films, mm. uh, and they're films worth watching. So uh, we are in accord on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all very much for listening. We are thinking a lot about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Uh, bye bye. Jusqu'au nombril, jusqu'au nombril, il cherche